Hare Krishna. Uh, welcome to our Sunday Bhagavatam class. It is January 5th, 2020. New year, new decade. And uh, I am in Petaluma, California in a hotel. So let's go to the Bhagavatam. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we are in Canto One. Um, Canto One, Chapter Four, Text Twenty Five. Very interesting verses today. Sri Sudra Dvija Bandunam Traina Shuti Gochara. Karma Shayasi Mudhanam Shayayavam Bhavediha Iti Bharata Makyanam Krupaya Muninakratam. So, uh, so this verse says, Sri Shudra Dvija Bandhunam Trayi. Na Shuti Gochara. Trayi here means the three, and it refers to the three Vedas, which we've also seen in Bhagavad Gita. Trayvidya, Somapa, Somapa, Puttapapa. So both in the Gita and the Bhagavatam, often the Vedas are referred to as the three Vedas because the Rig Veda, which gives all the hymns, the Yajur Veda, which gives the procedures and the meaning of the sacrifice, and the Samaveda, which explains how to chant, which is extremely important in these Vedic rituals, are a complete set. It's a complete package. The Atarva Veda, the fourth Veda, uh, has some material in it, which was always considered a little edgy, uh, sort of putting spells on people and stuff like that. And so, and so it's clear from the Shastras that uh, many, if not most, Brahmins dealt with the three Vedas as a complete set, everything you need to know to successfully carry out Vedic sacrifices. So here it is said, Sri Shudra, Sri women, uh, Shudra, Dvija uh, Bandhu Nam, and uh, those who have uh, had good birth but did not elevate themselves to a high place. And so it said, Trayi, Nasuti uh, Gochara, the three Vedas uh, for, these, for this group, uh, women, Shudras, Dvija Bandhus, uh, are not accessible or available. Gochara. Uh, Gochara means, I'll, I'll read you exactly what Gochara means in a sense, because Shuti, of course, means the Vedas. So the Vedas are not Gochara for these groups, which means uh, they don't have a scope for it, it's not within their range, it's not accessible, and, and so on and so forth. So uh, we'll just finish the verse and then see what, what this all means, try to understand it. So, karma shayasi mudhanam. 
Shayevam Bhavediha. So, in the matter of uh, people achieving the highest benefit from, from their duties, because there are people who have duties, we have material bodies, and according to our bodies, we are inclined toward a particular varna. We want to have a particular kind of career in this world. Someone is sort of a born artist or a uh, teacher or they like to do business or farming or uh, or they want to manage, protect people, administer, serve as leaders. People have natures. That's what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita. 3.33, he says that um, that everyone has a particular nature and that you can't avoid your nature. What can, what can repression get? Nigraha king karishati. So um, what will repression accomplish? So, um, so how can people, all people, men and women, simply by doing their natural duty, by, by both in their career, which is Varna, and also in their personal life? Uh, basically, how do you deal with human sexuality? How do you deal with the fact that we have material bodies and these bodies are inclined to combine with other bodies. And so the strategy is brahmachari, brahmachari ni, when one is uh, younger or still a student, then one simply has to be celibate. As we know from the modern age, not all students want to be celibate, but still, uh, we also know that the human brain is not fully formed until perhaps in one's late 20s. And so allowing people that do not even have developed brains to decide everything for themselves is obviously not very intelligent, but that's the modern world. So, um, so there's the first ashram is brahmachari, brahmacharini. Then people may get married; they're so inclined, and most people are so inclined. So that's grihasta ashrama. Then vanaprastha, and actually, just a word on vanaprastha. Uh, I, I think that Iskon has a very serious urgent need to promote more the vana prasta ashram because basically if someone is married and their children are grown you know their children are not living in the well kids still live in the home now but if the children are are, are you know grown they're adults then uh, a man or woman, a married man or woman, should not consider themselves to be a, uh, a grihasta. If people are married in our culture and their children have grown up, then you're not a grihasta. You are a vanaprasta. And so it's just like, for example, if someone takes sannyas, they, they shouldn't act like a grihasta because it's inappropriate. Uh, similarly, it's actually inappropriate, perhaps less so, but nonetheless inappropriate for a married couple whose children are grown to act as if they're grihastas, because in fact, they're supposed to be vanaprastas. Vana, of course, uh, from the word vana, uh, which means forest, and prasta means uh, departure. 
So departing for the forest, I mean, you don't have to literally go to a forest, especially if you live in Arizona, because there are very few forests in Arizona, only in the north. But um, the idea is that one should get back to work for Prabhupada's mission. That's the essence, because the real the real forest, so to speak, and then there was the place where you go to get away from mundane life or just so many worldly duties. The forest in Prabhupada's mission is the preaching field. So uh, we have many people who technically are, many devotees who technically are vanaprastas, but still tend to see themselves as grihastas. And of course, the result is Iskand loses a very powerful army of preachers. Because after all, people who are of the age of Vanaprastas, devotees who are supposed to be Vanaprastas, they are among the most mature, most experienced, most experienced, and in that sense, wisest members of ISKCON. And they should be out there preaching because that's the Vedic system. So anyway, getting back, so when, when, when this verse says, karma shreyasi, mudhanang shreyeva bhavediya, uh, just by doing your duty, karma here uh, means your duty uh, in Varnasham. So, which it often means actually, karma, the word karma is used in different ways. So, um, simply by doing your duty, you know, whatever your varna is, whatever your ashram is, you should achieve in that situation uh, the greatest benefit. You should achieve success in Krishna consciousness. And so Vyasa is thinking, how can I, how can that be arranged? How can that happen? People, because consider, people perform a particular duty in varna and ashram because that is their nature. But it's ultimately the nature of their body. It's the nature of their body. It's not the nature of your soul to be a kshatriya or a brahman or a, or a shudra or a vaisha. That's not your soul. That's your conditioned nature. And so here we have a problem. On the one hand, as Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita, it's dangerous not to do the duty born of your nature because then your nature will just, who knows where it'll come out. It'll come out in some strange, adharmic way. On the other hand, and this is something that Bhagavatam actually talks about many times. On the other hand, assuming you do your duty, born of your nature, then because it's your body's nature, doing your duty can tend to uh, intensify your identification with your body. For example, let's say I am inclined to be a Brahmin. I'm inclined to teach or to study so-called intellectual, then by doing all that work, I it, and, and let's say I'm successful at it, let's say I do it well, then it may lead me to identify with the nature which produced the success. Or if you're, for example, let's say you're a great leader or successful business person or farmer, whatever, or sudra that does their job very well, faithfully, uh, expertly. So, Again, the duties born of our nature, which is our conditioned nature, as Krishna emphasizes in Bhagavad Gita in many verses, our duties born of our nature, by doing the duty, you can identify and become attached to that nature, which is the bodily concept of life. 
and that's why that's why the Bhagavatam repeatedly says that uh, that Varnashram, even well performed without Krishna consciousness, Shamaiva Kevalam, it's simply uh, useless labor. So so therefore, considering that whole situation, the ass is thinking, Karma Shayasimudanang Shayavam Bhavidiham. Um, how can people achieve perfection and not merely intensify their bodily concept by performing their duties? That's what Vyasa is thinking about. And so with that thought, iti bharatam akhyanam kripayam Thus, the Bharata narration, literally the Bharata narration, bharatam akhyanam kripaya. Uh, with out of compassion, uh, uh, Munina by the sage Kritam was made or was composed, was done. Uh, please note it does not say that Vyasadeva wrote the Mahabharata. Uh, the Bhagavatam and the Mahabharata do not speak of writing, it's an oral society. And so it says the verb here is Kritam, the verb to do or to make. He made the Mahabharata narration, composed it. So, um, now regarding the the part of this verse, which uh, of course could be controversial, the women, the shudras, the dvija bandhus, um, we have to understand that uh, we're talking about almost well, the, the great majority of the society, most of the men, especially because we're coming right at the uh, at the entrance to Kali Yuga. And also, Nashuti Gochara uh, doesn't simply mean that women cannot understand the Vedas, because as we know, there are many women who do understand the essence of the Vedas, and they're in the Hare Krishna movement. They didn't have access to it. Another thing to understand is that Vyasdev, regarding access, Vyasa is describing a society uh, he's describing what this actual situation is. We're almost in Kali Yuga. And as we know, just like when the sun rises or the sun sets, it doesn't just happen instantly. It's not that one moment the sun is up and the next moment it's dark. It's gradual. And so we're, what we're witnessing here is a Yuga Sandhya or a, um, a, a conjunction of Yugas, a coming together of Yugas. And so it's kind of like the twilight of Dwapara Yuga and the dawning of Kali Yuga. And, uh, and keep in mind that in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna, Lord Krishna, talking about this exact same historical period that is being described here, Krishna says, Sakali Neha Mahata Yoga Nashta Parantapa. The actual spiritual science has been lost. So we can look at this historical period. And of course, there are great souls present. There's Vyasa, there's Krishna. I mean, there's so many great souls that came down. But um, the age in general, the world in general, not the relatively small number of great souls who have come. But the world in general, humanity in general, uh, has lost the actual spiritual science. So when it says here that 
women, shudras, dvijas, bandhus, they have no access uh, to the Vedic knowledge. Uh, it, it doesn't, we should not simply assume that's the way it should be or supposed to be. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. And it's the way it is at a time when Lord Krishna says the actual spiritual science has been lost. So, uh, so all these things have to be understood maturely in historical context. So anyway, yeah, seeing the situation is going to compose the Mahavarata. So then it said, evam prabhratasya sada bhutanam shreyasi dvija sarvatmakena pijada natusha jadayam tata. So thus constantly engaged in the welfare of creatures, of all creatures. Um, Dvijaha, it's uh, Shonaka addressing the sages, oh, twice born. And, and Vyas was constantly engaged in, in, in working for the welfare of, of, of all living beings and Sarvat Makena wholeheartedly. He really, he really threw himself into it. He, he, was, he was completely engaged like that. And yet, despite that, uh, his heart was not satisfied. So he's, he, he's constantly and wholeheartedly engaged in trying to help others, which is very noble, and yet his heart is not satisfied. So, nati prasida dhidaya sarasatya stateshucho vitarkayan viviktasta idam chovacha dharmavid. So, it's interesting. Uh, in, in, just like in English, you can say he, uh, his heart was not too satisfied. So, we use the word too, which means like excessive, like too much or uh, but it's used to me. And so same thing in Sanskrit, Nati, nati preceded Hridaya. His heart was not too satisfied. Saraswatyastateshucho on the bank, on the pure bank of the Saraswati River. He's on the pure bank of the Saraswati River. So Bitarkayan, analyzing, logically analyzing. Bivikta and he was secluded. Prabhupada says, situated in a lonely place. So he's secluded, he's alone, he's logically analyzing what's going on with me, sitting on the pure bank of a holy river, and his heart is not satisfied. So he's unchowacha dharma it. So Vyas, who knew dharma, said this. So now these are the words of Vyasa. Dritta Bratina Himaya Chandamsi Gudavognayaha Manita Nirbili Kena Brihita Chanu Shasanam Bharata Vyapade Shena Yamnayartas Chapradarshita Drishate Jatra Dharmadi Sri Sudradi Virapijuta. So he says that I 
that without duplicity, near vilikena, without duplicity, without any insincerity at all, I honored, uh, I, I, first of all, I followed all my principles, dritta vratta, vratta means a vow, and uh, so dritta, he describes himself as dritta brateni himaya, that I strictly followed all my principles, my vow, strictly following all my spiritual principles, and I honored without any insincerity uh, the Vedic hymns, the gurus, the fires, the, the sacred fires, and grihitam chanushasanam, and I accepted all the teachings of the authorities. Chanushasana, the instructions. So Bharata Vyapadeshena and by the uh, compilation Prabhupada says of Mahabharata, Bharata Vyapadeshena, Hyam Nayarta Chapardarsita. I, I clearly showed the uh, the meanings which come down in disciplic succession from the authorized tradition. And in that work, uh Drishate Jatra Dharmadi Sri Sudha Divi that everyone in society, it's interesting, Vyas is uh, kind of very liberal here in the sense that he's really concerned about the underprivileged people. Sri, Sudra, etc. So he's very concerned about people who are being left out by uh, the, the culture of the time. He's really looking at those people who are left out, who have not been included, and he wants to give them all the facilities. And so he says that I showed the meaning that comes down in, in authorized tradition through Mahabharata. And in that Mahabharata, uh, everyone, all the members of society, even those typically left out of certain Vedic uh, culture, they can clearly see Dharma and artha, dharmadi means dharma, etc., which means dharma, their uh, their religious duties, and artha, how they can be prosperous, and uh, how they can satisfy their senses and ultimately get liberation. So I showed all that. So Vyas is thinking, what is going on here? Because I, I mean, it, it seems like I did everything right. So why and why am I not happy? And he says, Tatapi, and yet even so, even so, Batame Daihyo Yadma Chaivadmana Vibhu Asampana Ivabhati Brahmavarchasya Sattamaha. Which Prabhupada translates, I'm feeling incomplete, though I myself am fully equipped with everything required by the Vedas. So he says, Dayo, something in my body, something within me. Sampana, uh, I feel incomplete. I'm something is not right. Even though uh, I am, you know, the leader of those who study the Vedas. 
And he knows the problem. Actually, the word daihyo in the previous verse means related to the body. So he knows that he's, again, getting into varnasham because simply by saying women or sudras, simply by mentioning those categories, he's clearly thinking in terms of varnasham. He's thinking in terms of external identities and not ultimate identities. So even if you, if you go back and, and, and look at the way that Vyas describes his contribution, the service he's done, he describes it all in terms of people's bodily identities. He's not talking about souls. He's talking about, he even uses the term daihyo atma, which means the bodily self. Because even though we're souls, if you were a man or woman, you know, you have to go in the right bathroom and you have to, and men and women have different natures often, not always, but often, and they have different duties and, and so on and so forth. Fathers and mothers are not exactly the same in men and women. So he's talking about daihyo yatma, the bodily self, he even says that. So he himself is kind of figuring things out. Uh, then he says, Kim Va, could it be that? Or could it be that? Kingva Bhagavata Dharma Naprayena Nirupita that I practically didn't point out devotional service to Krishna. Could that be it that I, I really didn't talk about that right at all? Then Priya Paramahangsana, and those are the dharmas, those are the duties which are dear to the Paramahangsas, Taiva Yachuta Priya, indeed. Uh, they are dear to the Lord himself, to Achuta. So the, that ba, those Bhagavata dharmas, the uh, duties directly to the Supreme Lord Krishna, I practically didn't explain all that. I didn't really didn't indicate that. And it's those duties that are dear to the Paramahamsas, and indeed they're dear to the Lord himself. So Vyasa is... He kind of knows what the problem is. So, tasyaivam kilamatmanam manyamanasya kidyataha. So, in that situation where uh, thus uh, he's thinking of himself as somehow deficient, kilam, there's something missing in me, there's something missing in my life, I'm lacking something. And uh, regretting, Prabhupada says, kidyata, regretting the situation. So Krishna, which here means Vyasa, uh, Vyasa is also called Krishna. So in, when he was in that state, Narada came, Narada arrived. Ashramam Prabhudaratam. He arrived at that ashram, which has previously been described as being in the bank of the Saraswati and so on and so forth. So Narada comes, and Narada, of course, is Vyasa's guru. And Vyasa himself is, is really is kind of figuring things out, but he still has to learn more from his spiritual master, Narada Muni. So Tamabhigyaya Sahasa, so suddenly recognizing him, that my guru, Narada, is here. Tamabhi, because you can say, well, of course he recognized him, but Vyasa is in meditation. He's sitting there, he's very deep in, in, you know, another dimension. And so suddenly he 
he recognizes him, Narada. Tama bigaya sahasa pratyutaya agatamuni. He he immediately got up, uh, seeing that his that the sage Narada had come. Pujayamasa vidhivan, and he honored him uh, properly according to the proper rules and regulations. He honored his guru, Naradam. Was Guru Narada, who is Suda Pujitam, who is honored by the gods. So he honored Narada, who is honored by the gods. And thus, that's the end of the first canto, fourth chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled The Appearance of Sri Narada. And um, next Sunday, hopefully. We're all still here. Um, we will begin chapter five. And uh, of course, we're going to hear about the conversation between Narada and Vyas, guru, an exemplary guru disciple conversation. So I'm just looking to see if anyone had any questions here. No. Okay, thank you all for listening. And I uh, hope you all have a Krishna Conscious Sunday, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday. Hare Krishna.